Project. Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place to have meaningful conversation in a safe place. And I know Pastor Caesar's feeling very safe right now. What's yeah. up, brother? Man, it's been a minute since you've been on here. You know, just being safe. It, it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm right now practicing safe podcasting. Well, that's yeah, good. Are. I mean, we we don't want this thing to multiply <laughs> anyway right now. So uh, we got Caesar on FaceTime. Yeah, FaceTime, yeah. man. For, yeah, uh, I'm feeling pretty, uh, you know, pretty Elon Musky right now. Hey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, this is pretty cool. It's the first time I FaceTime into a, a podcast, so yeah, this hey. is, you know us, man. We're high tech, man. We're, <laughs> yeah. This is a big operation. You know how it is. Uh, man. We had DJ Overcomer on a couple of weeks ago on FaceTime, yeah. and it was really cool. So we figured, man, hey, let's start using some of this technology and getting you in here a little bit more often. I know your schedule's crazy, especially right now in the in the mm-hmm. summer and. You being mm-hmm. youth pastor and all that, and that's something we're going to talk about a little in a little bit. But yeah, Caesar's been out for how long? When was the last one you were on? We, yeah, I don't even know. At least a month. He at called. Least. He called in on Nikki uh, when we was talking about yeah. uh, social media and stuff in the church. Mm-hmm. And now he's like half back because yeah. he's <laughs> he's FaceTime. No, yeah, you know, just you know, just thinking about all that. The last you know the last three months or so were actually more three and a half three and a half months. I mean. We, our, our little baby girl is three months today, so wow. mm. you know. It, so it's just that, and you know, youth summer camp and yep. church stuff. It's just been a never-ending schedule, and just when you wear a lot of hats, I guess you know, mm-hmm. time is just limited everywhere. But hopefully, after summer, some things will level out again. Yeah. Well, we went through this last summer too, so we know the life of a youth pastor. I know the life of a youth pastor, so it's it's definitely one of those things that super, super busy but rewarding. Yeah. At the end of it, you know, um, now doing adult ministry um, pretty much full-time now is just like one of those things that's just like you look back and you miss it, um, but at the same but time, don't. yeah, you, at the same time, you're <laughs> glad it's, all, it's, it's over with, you know, all the late nights and, you know, fast food devos and Fast food devos. Yeah. I mean, all the you know slumber parties and all those things, man. Uh, is, I don't miss that part of it. Yeah, <laughs> they need to they need to put a warning as far as what a youth pastor is like. You know, if you take this position, warning, you might get diabetes later. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> real. Uh, but it gives you. I think being a youth pastor gives you some unique skills, right? Because you know you learn how to be a sound man, a light technician, mm-hmm. uh, you know somebody that. Uh, teaches the bible that deals with you know uh you put bible teaching like third in yeah, the, well, no, in the youth no pastor. not in, not any like <laughs> i mean sometimes the bible teaching comes in a little bit later when you're trying to deal with teenagers that are having hormone issues man yeah, sometimes i wouldn't even put that in top 10 <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh yes uh, that sounds terrible but it's the truth when you deal with you know, hormone raging teenagers. <laughs> oh um, man, they got their own issues, man. So, um, yeah. So, James, oh no, go ahead, y'all, go ahead. James, we'll was, James was just telling me he was trying to sell his truck. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Your van, man. Oh yeah, I was selling my. Well, because I got to sell my van now, which I've talked about. Because you bought a new truck. Because I bought a new truck, and hey, uh, so now I got to sell the van. Thank you. Got a sweet deal on it, but uh, but yeah, I put it on Craigslist. And, um, of course, you know, you get a ton of scammers hitting you up, trying to scam you in different ways. And this one scammer 
he was really confident, and he he didn't quite make sense to me, but I kept going along with it for whatever reason. I knew he was a scammer the whole time, but I just kind of kept going along. He was uh, he said, you know, he lives in Austin. He's about to go out of town. Um, he 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 wants to buy the van, but you know, he's at, he lives in a different city, and he's going out of town. He said, I'd like to send you a check so that you can hold the van for me, and then uh, once the check goes through, uh, we'll arrange a time for me to come get it. And I was like, well, that doesn't make it he said you're gonna just pay me some stranger without i said you're gonna wait for the check to go through and he's like yeah i said i mean okay i guess so he sends me a check and then uh so yesterday which was juneteenth i go to the bank to deposit it i'm still like expecting it to be a fake check the whole time right and Mm -hmm. uh, but you know it's juneteenth so the banks are closed so i go through the atm and i try to put it in the atm and they won't take it and i'm thinking well you know maybe it's just because it's a holiday but I guess I'll try tomorrow. So I go back today before I came here and I take it to the teller. I'm like, hey, can you just tell me if this is a real check? I'm pretty sure it's not a real check, but can you just check on it? So she goes, talks to the fraud people and the, the and uh, she says, yeah, it looks like it might be fake. Uh, could you mind just talking to our fraud department about it? And I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, I got to get to the church. I'm gonna be, I said, it's cool, man. It's probably fake. Just <clears throat> destroy it. Whatever, whatever you got to do, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> so I told that guy it's fake. Please don't hit me up again. Blocked his number. <laughs> so good news is if you're out there and you want to buy an 05 Chevy Astro van, <laughs> it's still for sale. So there you go. Yeah, well, you know, you got to deal with what you got to deal with. I mean, there's a there's a market out there for a, a 2000-ish minivan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and those specifically Astro vans, they've got like their own little kind of cult following of people that just mostly it's people who grew up with uh, one of their parents had it and they had a bunch of cool memories in it and they're always like, "Oh man, those Astro vans. Like if I tell if I meet somebody new and they find out I have an Astro van and they had an Astro van, they're like, "Oh my gosh, you had an Astro van? Oh, I used to have one." And they go on and on about how great they are. It's like the the Vespa groups, you know, they all ride yeah. around the little Vespas. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but, right uh, right right now some Midwestern dad in his New Balance is just foaming at the mouth. He's like, "Oh, I want that van." <laughs> I, okay, update to the update to the podcast. We've talked about this a long time. Uh-huh. Purchased my first pair of New Balance. Hey, there you go. Where's the clappy button? There we go. Yeah. So Wait, we're... this is your first pair? First pair. I, I got... Welcome to the la- welcome to the last phase of your life. <laughs> my, dad, my dad just got some new white Nikes for Father's Day. Nice. You know, nice. I'm, I'm, they were the exact same pair that my uncle had. He's wearing the nikes as my dad's opening up his new white nikes that's awesome you know gotta have white well, tennis shoes hey, I, got, I got a pair of white tennis on right now uh-huh. but they're more of the you know the stylish kind not uh, the old yeah. man kind I mean, oh, okay. but let's just, let's just hold off on that uh, last phase say, of my but... life thing real quick <laughs> <laughs> so do the new balances live up to the hype you've heard um they're okay <laughs> You know they're okay. <laughs> they're not a bad pair of shoes. They look nice. The best uh, advertisement. Uh, These are okay, everybody. Shout out to Chevo. I got the same pair he had. Your Didn't shoes know are that. okay, Chevo. Um, they're cool looking. They're not the most comfortable, but they're not not comfortable. So how much? How much did uh, they cost? Thirty five you know? bucks. Okay, that sounds like thirty five is probably reasonable. Yeah, thirty five bucks. I got them at the outlet. So, I mean. All right. I mean, I guess fair. 
Yeah. Fair enough. Yep, yep. All right, let's jump right into Culture Corner. About to turn him off. That's the time, man. I thought, he, <laughs> thought this was going to be the day. I thought this, this is was going to be the day. You know, one of these days, I'm just going to go off. Man, you need you to write better something. better have that instrumental. You need to get Josh Horak to write you a little something to that and just bust the flow. No, I don't, I don't Josh, read anything. I don't, ghost I don't have ghostwriters and we're too balanced. Okay, all right. All right. Well, all right, Lil Wayne. You just come off the top. You don't write nothing down. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe dude, I'll write you something sometime, and I'll, I'll you know I, ne- I never got slip it to I you. never got I never got the whole Little Wayne. Um, like I know everybody says he's one of the goats and stuff, but I just I I never liked him ever. I mean, some of his earlier stuff was really good. Um, you know, of course, I think that when people get popular and they get money and things change and they're not rapping about real stuff anymore mm-hmm. and all that stuff perspective kind of loses itself a little bit and their music changes and then they're doing it for them you yeah. know mm-hmm. they kind of get weird and they're so their music kind of gets weird What's the, has like he that. put anything out in the last decade what has he done yeah yeah, yeah he, he has like in all these features and stuff too and uh, you know but that's just one example where Somebody that's really ugly, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like when you have money, mm. it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Him and like a Jay-Z. Jay-Z's, ugh, you know, it's like, a, <laughs> like, a, like a human gargoyle, you know? I mean, I think that might be a little harsh, but he's def- He's no Brad Pitt. Yeah, he's he's no, no Brad Pitt. You know. When you when you stand by Beyonce, I mean, anybody would look good, right? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, but that's always been the case, right? And then, like, Slash, right, from the 80s, the Guns and Metal. Without his top hat, I mean, he literally looks like, you know, one of these... And his glasses. Ancient yeah. statues. Uh, just, I don't know. Money makes you attractive, I guess. Yeah, well, it definitely helps. Okay, while I talk about this story, I just thought about a story. I want you to look up um, Justin Bieber canceling his shows because he got some kind of uh, something happened mm. to his face, right? Like he, I don't know, but I'll yeah. look it up. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, conjoining twins Abby and Brittany reveal astonishing news uh, later this year. So, if you if you remember these conjoining twins, they've been all over the news and different programs, and uh, they're. Uh, very special twins, not only because they're conjoined, but uh, they've outlived all of these different um, uh, conjoined twins. And uh, they're unique because the way that they're conjoined. Um, all this stuff in their upper body, they have two sets of lungs, two hearts, all that stuff on the upper, they have separate organs. Mm-hmm. They're lower. They share a stomach, reproductive system. Oh, they share a stomach. Yeah. So if one eats, the other one gets full. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. So it's that's like you and Tara. Whenever y'all go out to eat. Yeah, man. We just share a stomach. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. We're sharing a <laughs> we're sharing a bank account. So you know. <laughs> that's how it is. <laughs> uh, and they've been around. They've been around all the news things and. Uh, their story was always kind of interesting to us because they kind of grew up in front of the public eye and they've shared their stories and their struggles. And um, so they just graduated from Bethel University University out of Minnesota, um, which is a, a Christian college. Um, they talk a little bit about their faith and, and doing that. 
Um, supposedly, I mean, from the article that I read, they've, they've grown up uh, as normal of a life as two young girls can grow up. Um, they, they have lots of friends and different things like that. So I think that um, it's pretty interesting. So they graduated uh, from university. And I uh, sound like somebody from overseas, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> they graduated from university. University. And um, they, uh, so they decided they had agreed together because they, you know, they have two different heads and brains and all that. So some of the things that they said they have to do is they talk it out because it's, you know, it would be hard for one to study one thing and the mm-hmm. other to study another. So they decided that they were going to go into education. Mm-hmm. And um, so they just graduated and they got their first first job and they're going to um, the school has given them a part time job um, to try to teach math in uh, fourth and fifth grade. That's so crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine being so, a fourth it, grader and seeing that for your teacher? I know. That's what I was thinking. I, I, I thought maybe it would be a little bit better if they did older grades. Yeah, I don't know if it'd be better or worse because they get harsher. Yeah, but for a young one, I mean, I could have just imagined Noah. Yeah, showing up for school, <laughs> he already kind of nervous. <laughs> and I told James, I said, I really don't know if we're mature enough to talk about this story or not. But, <laughs> but if you show up to school and your teacher has two heads, you know, I mean, that's nothing. I'm not trying to talk nothing bad yeah, about. No, I'm just trying not, to talk no. about like reality of yeah. a, a nine year old. You know. Um, I tell you what, though, I remember seeing them on random things as a as a kid, and they always seemed Pastor like Caesar. I'm gonna show you the, uh, the yeah. Check out the picture. The picture, then you'll probably know who they are. But they always seemed like you know normal, reasonable, nice people. They uh, you know they didn't seem like crazy people. They weren't mean or anything. They were just like you remember them. Yeah, you remember them. You remember them. Yeah, I mean, so I'm sure they they'll be pay, great with are, kids. Are they are they only gonna pay him one salary or what? Well, yes, they're gonna split the salary. Yeah, so uh, they split everything else. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's the thing. So I mean, they live together, they split rent. So I I think that part of it's kind of, um, uh, you know, kind of natural for them. But it was interesting in in the article they it did say that the school district had to reach out um, because the HR really didn't know how to deal with having <laughs> how to do yeah. that. You know, how to uh-huh. split the salary or just give it to one or or what it may be. So. Um, Definitely, and, you know, and it's and it's crazy. It's crazy because they're in schools, right? And then this whole they them pronoun stuff or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a legit case for you know whenever you say they. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, you were saying that it's it's crazy. You walk into a classroom and then you don't know what to expect there. I mean, like it's crazy. Like what was it in in, in Florida and how they 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 banned uh, teachers from being able to. To share their uh, sexual preferences with kids that were, were third grade and under, fourth grade and under. Yeah, something like you know, that. And, and it's, I mean, all, just all that stuff is like, you know, what's going on in the classroom. So I think compared to that, um, that's, that's not so weird to have a conjoined twin, you know. Hey, it might be, you got double the brain power, right? It might be something in the future mm-hmm. that school districts would be like, hey, what's going on over here? <laughs> you got a teacher More with fish? only one head? Well, they could do like small groups, like double small groups. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Have it in the two different uh-huh. sessions or whatever. I don't know. Yo, what if they, uh, 
you know, I wonder if they have different tastes in food because, you know, like my wife, she just does not like Chinese food. I love Chinese food. Imagine if that was the case in, in one of those scenarios. Like, what do you want for lunch? Like, I want Chinese. It's like, no, that accepts my stomach. It's my stomach, too. Yeah, well, that was one of the interesting things that they were talking about is they were asking them, what, what happens when you get sick? Mm-hmm. And then it just depends if it's a respiratory thing. One hurts on one side of the body, the other hurts on the other side of the body. So there's there's only one side of the body that they feel pain on. Mm. Um, but if it's in the lower part, um, it's the opposite. Mm. Like they feel pain on the, on the opposite side of the body than they would if it was on the upper part. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, so pretty pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I, stuff. yeah. I thought it was pretty cool that you know they they've outlived uh, it, uh, all the other people by. Conjoined twins by ten. Or and you said they graduate. They graduated from a Christian university. Christian university, Bethel University. Yeah, what if what? What if one of them was a Christian and the other one was an atheist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, that would be interesting. The never-ending huh? debate. Like, no, we're not going to church today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the atheist just has their headphones on the whole time. Well, it's just like one's one's dressed in all black and the other one's got a yeah. church shirt on or something. <laughs> I don't it's like, know. It's like fine fine we'll go but i'm just gonna sit here and be mad it's like you'll blend in with the other church people uh that's funny well i looked up the uh the justin bieber thing so right, it says what he happened got, with justin bieber so it says he's canceled the remainder of his u.s tour um uh originally scheduled for june and july because he's got some virus the virus is called ramsey hunt syndrome di- diagnosis ramsey hunt syndrome and a paralyzed part of his yeah, face, so right? Yeah, so the thing, it, yeah, so if you look at his the picture on here, he's got one of his eyes is, like, closed and droopy, like, and he can't move half of his face, so obviously he can't really sing and all that stuff. So, yeah, he's just out for a few months while he recovers from it. Wow. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> I just seen that in um, on, on uh, some breaking news or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I think I'm not a... a Bieber lover, lover, what do they call it? The, a believer. Yeah, a believer. Um, but I think probably with half of his face drooping down, he probably mm-hmm. could sing better than most people. He probably still could, honestly. Yeah, you know? He just might have a little lisp or something. Yeah. I mean, the kid's got a, just a crazy, crazy voice. Yeah. Just really, really good. So, yeah, I don't yeah, know. It was, yeah, it was pretty funky looking to watch his, uh, whenever he gave his... Uh, public announcement that he was going to do all that. He just has no control of his uh, facial expressions and mm-hmm. all that. I guess that's a symptom of all that. But, yeah, just just weird, man. Never knew that existed. Yeah. yeah. But I think it said it was just supposed to last a few months or something like that. I... Yeah, and there's, like, several different things I've seen over the years that's doing that to people. Yeah. You know, um, I think there was somebody here in the church not too long ago that went through some paralyzing things in the face. Mm-hmm. And they say sometimes it lasts just a couple weeks, and sometimes it can last um, a year or something like that. So, I don't know. I was trying to see if it said in this article. It didn't say the exact time. But it doesn't seem like it's, like, some permanent permanent thing. thing. It said it's based off of a virus, so. It's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Those viruses, man. Yeah. And the COVID's coming back. They say COVID's. Is it? I've been hearing that for a while. Yeah. I mean, they're actually, like, uh, hospitals and doctor offices and stuff like that are asking you to uh, start wearing mask again, yeah, uh, because it's it's got a little a little one that's coming back. It's just like having a cold or whatever. Yeah, stuff we've always dealt with, you yeah. know. Anyway, so it's fun. Yeah. So 
All right, I got a song for you guys today. Benjamin Hastings Away. Praise you anyway. I'm gonna praise you anyway. I'm gonna praise you anyway. 
that is Benjamin Hastings away. I don't know what happened, but uh, yeah, this just internet's kinda, just totally working today. Yeah, well, I'll patch yeah. it in. I'll yeah, play. I guess. I'll play the whole song, but uh, yeah, I don't. You know these um, these videos where people are just standing in the fake rain or whatever. <laughs> I, I I don't. You don't like that? I mean, like it's been done it, a lot. Does not make it seem more emotional and just really connect with you? I mean, blue skies or the rain. I'm gonna serve you. The anyway. video people is in black and white, and yeah, he's singing in the rain. He's all wet. His hair is all drippy. Yeah, um, he's got. Honestly, the video didn't really bother me until you said that. And but it's now, just been done a bunch. <laughs> it's you know like, what I'm I totally like. I can't unsee. And, and then he has really long hair, now. but it's not as thick as it used to be. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, bless you know him. He's got more hair than I do. Yeah, he's got quite a bit. It was a good you. song. Yeah, I, I like the song. The dude mm-hmm. has a kind of a unique voice. So um, it was good. Yeah. Does he have a beard? I can't see the video. Does he have a beard? No, he, he don't have a beard. He's pretty much clean cut, long curly hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was wet, you know, so it's kind of like it's droopy when your dog comes in after the rain. Probably would have had more of a fro, but it's wet. Yeah, it's kind of like Kenny G. That's Kenny what G. I, he's Ke- this is Kenny G. Yeah, this is Kenny G in the rain. <laughs> this is Kenny G when he's decided to put up the saxophone. And start singing for the Lord. This is him. <laughs> hey, he, he, he was on Kanye's album, so, you know. Was he really? Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I didn't even notice yeah, that. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Kenny not, G, uh, baby. So, have not listened to the new Kanye. He has a, um, what's what's we, the newest Kanye? Well, I don't know if the album has dropped officially, has it? I know, what, Donda 2? Yeah. I know. No, I, I haven't heard it. I heard. Uh, I didn't get I think there was Donda. A, I think there was a single a single that I, I listened to. I think Pastor Caesar, I think you sent me a single or something or something about it. Uh, I don't know. I, highly doubtful that I'll send Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't get through Donda. I listened to a, like the first track or two and then, I don't know, I just never went back to it. Yeah, I thought it was good. It wasn't great. It was one of his, it wasn't a classic Kanye albums. But, yeah. you know, anybody that I've ever heard go from secular to uh, Christian, uh, they've always struggled on the first couple albums. Mm-hmm. Um, because creatively it's something totally different than you've done your whole life. Yeah. Uh, you have to clean your language up. You have to, you, you know, your whole process and creative process is different, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and most of the time you're, you're new to what you're talking about. Yeah. And, uh, it doesn't always line up. You know, so, you know, you got people that are like really strong on the word going now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not going to fly. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, you just have to take it for what it is. It's watching people grow in front yeah. of you. Mm-hmm. So, hey, James, would you ever uh, would you ever do some kind of indie crossover album apart from Eucalyptian? Because I, I could I could hear your voice doing some of those kind of things, man. What do you mean by indie crossover? Like a solo well, thing? Like, well, yeah, not not a eucalyptus project, the uh-huh. way where it's like uh, synths and drums and, uh-huh. and and that kind of stuff, but like more singer songwriter type. Do you ever think about doing any of that? Um, I mean, I w- I'm open to all sorts of music stuff. Um, if I did something on my own though, since I don't play any melodic instruments really well, aside from like simple synthesizer stuff, uh, it would be pretty tough <laughs> to do something mm. totally by myself, you know. Or, I mean, I could do it, and it would just be really electronic and really uh, probably pretty simple. But, yeah, I don't know. 
Interesting. Hey, we can just shoot a video of you in the rain and it'll be all right. Yeah, yeah there, you there you go. There you go. All right. So today I want to talk about youth camp or just camp, not really youth camp, but camp in general. Um, I know that for myself that I uh, I, I got as a, as a teenager, as a, a, a kid, I've got a lot out of youth camp. I got a lot out of church camp. Yeah. Um, we're in that season right now. Next week, we're sending probably over a hundred kids between well I know over a hundred kids between um, our youth and our children's church off to camp um, and the impact it impacted my life greatly where it gave me a clear foundation and a clear understanding of what the things God wanted to do in my life it didn't give me an understanding of the Bible it didn't give me an understanding uh, of theology. It didn't give me those things, but it gave me a clear understanding what God wanted to do in my life and what it looked like to be sold out for God in a, in a, just a short period of time, right? Uh, you get isolated from uh, a lot of the things that you're used to doing with friends and family and social medias and all those things. You kind of get isolated from a lot of those things and just really be intentional and focused in on what God's trying to do in your life for a short period of time, four or five days, and and allowing God to speak to you, uh, allowing God to show you and give you wisdom and understanding about a lot of different things. And then that there, those moments that you've taken from those things are a lifelong lesson that you can apply when you're, you know, almost 50 at my age, when you can look back when you was 13 and say, mm-hmm. man, I remember that moment. I remember the, those tears at, at the altar crying uh, it, because I didn't understand. All I knew is I felt the love of the Holy Spirit just overflowing in my life. And um, so I just want to kind of talk about some of those things, maybe how um, they impacted you in your life. Pastor Caesar, um, I know you, you wasn't a camper. Um, did you ever go to youth camp, a Christian youth camp? Never, never. I, I got... I was saved as an adult already. Right. So, uh, uh, so my first experience with anything youth-related, camp-related, or retreat-related was with you whenever we went to a country camp. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a fall, fall yep. country camp or, yep. or something like that. It was the first one. And then the following year, I went to summer camp with you. And um, it was completely transformational for me because by that point, I'd been a Christian for a while. Um and uh, and when I hit the rock, I hit the rock. So, you know, I was all about deep theology and all of that being played out in my life. But I had no concept of what it actually looked like for teenagers. And just like you were saying, um, one one of the things that I think it's, it's, it's so important for teenagers to see that there is a community of other teenagers that are also having these conversations or these dialogues inside themselves thinking about God and, and in, in, a, in a space to where they can. If they talk about God with their friends, well, then, you know, everybody's always, uh, everybody's always the victim to the, to the clown in the group or something, you know? So nobody can ever really bring up conversations that actually matter. Right. Everybody's always trying to get a laugh. So, you know, for and, and this year, this year it's, it's, and last year too, more than half of the kids that we're taking have never been to, a church camp before. Wow. 
and and it's and it's awesome. It's awesome to see that I I, I actually prefer taking those students because they go with a um, just a different mindset. They're 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 there. They think they they do have fun, uh, and that's how we get them there. We tell them about all the fun things that are going to be there, but um, it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long at all for for them to be encountered with uh, with the living God and uh, and. Um, you know, I wish I could say everybody comes back changed and transformed, but I think a more biblical representation is like whenever people met Jesus for the first time, they either got really happy, really sad, or really mad. <laughs> so between those three, that's where they kind of, um, you know, fall on, on that spectrum there. But um, but as far as to your first question, um, no, I, I wasn't brought up in that in that kind of environment. But do I see the merit? Of, of of summer camp, absolutely. You know that's why we work so hard into getting students there. We start fundraising in uh, in December, actually, of the pre of the year before. Right. Um, just getting getting things ready, and camp has only become more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really crazy for us. Our ticket is two fifty, right, to take our kids to a five day camp, oh, which is great. Cheap. And it, yeah, yeah, super super cheap. I did a. Uh, I did a, a little market study last week just to see what churches in our area, uh, how much it cost them for an average ticket, and all of them were traveling about two and a half hours, no more than two and a half hours away from their home church. Mm-hmm. So um, the the average was, and I did it four or five churches, the average was $370 per student for a five-day trip. Yeah. And that's one that they, they don't leave the campus. Now, granted, the campus has a lot more uh, amenities and all that, but you know we go to Six Flags and all that stuff too. So, yeah. uh, but we have a great camp that we go to. But them, um, it's just it's just wild. You think that we have we have this one family, and we know them. You know, Mike and Crystal. Shout out to them, fantastic family. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But they got a lot of kids. <laughs> they got a lot of kids. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I think all of them are already in. Uh, no, yeah, they're they're either youth age or children's church age. I think they got like seven of them. Yeah. In between all of them. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, children's I think children's camp is like what one sixty one something like that, and mm-hmm. and then for us it's two fifty. So you, you know you think about that many kids multiplied by that amount of money um, in this economy. Yeah. I mean, forget it. Looking at two or three thousand bucks, you know, the time you give them spending money and all that stuff there, you know, it's uh, um, and you can look at you can look at that and go, man, that's that's just tough, or this kid's gonna have to stay behind or whatever. But you guys. Um, even done a better than than we that I done. Senator and I, when we were youth pastors, y'all have done a really good uh, job of raising uh, sponsorships and different things like that through um, different things. And um, and it's one of those things like if you want to go to camp, there's an opportunity for you to go. You know, money's not one of those things that um, that prevents you from going. You know, the mm-hmm. the wheel. If if you if you have a will to get closer to God and experience what God's going to do for you in camp, then there, there's an opportunity to get there. James, you've grown up in church. You've been to the the children's camps. You've done mm-hmm. the the youth. Did you go to youth camp? I went like one time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can Can you remember back like some some moments in in camp where you were just like, okay, this is different than you know things I've done before. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the best example because when I was when I was a kid, I mean, I've talked about it a little bit. I was the uh, kind of like antisocial, don't want to talk to nobody, everything's dumb kind of a kid. 
So like to put me with, I just always just wanted to go home and be away from everybody. So for me to like go to a camp where I've got to be with other people 24 seven for a week or whatever is like, that was a huge deal for me. And I always, I never wanted to go ever. But I went like every year in kids church because when you're a kid, you got to do what your parents say. And they right. would always just send, send me off. Just <laughs> I think they just wanted to get the kids out of the house. Um, and, you know, I'd always end up having a good time. But I was always really excited to come back home and be back in my room away from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I was always so pumped about that. Uh, but um, I definitely still had moments uh, in kids church or um kids camp where uh it's just it's different when you're when you're at a camp with all the other kids that are all your same age group and are all kind of having this similar experience it's different than just going through the routine thing of going to it's sunday so we're going to church again so just being in that atmosphere was something that i think was worth it and then i only went to youth camp once uh i think the first year because, again, I just didn't want to go do any of that stuff. I just wanted to do my own thing and not go to all and be around all these people all the time. So I only went the first year because I think my parents made me go. And then I just stopped going because I didn't want to. I was just I just couldn't deal with being around all these people all the time, which is really sad looking back. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I did. Um, eventually, I stopped being like that because that's not a fun way to be. Um, but I did the um, I did go to a couple things with the Ascension people with Caesar and them when we were older. I guess early twenties then at that point, college age were stuff. You yelled, were, were you yelled at people? I only yelled at Micah. <laughs> was it giving you up? And he deserved it. And I was definitely a little rude about it, but uh, I apologized to him. Well, Micah's got yelled at by a few people <laughs> for not letting people go asleep. Did I, I? Did I tell that story on this podcast? I don't know if you did. Or you not. did. Did yeah, I? Did. Okay, did. then we're okay. Did I tell you that the guy he was with later ended up working yeah. with me? Did I tell you that? You did. Yeah, yeah. that was that was that's really funny because that guy. Now that I know that guy, he's like one of the nicest dudes. That's he's funny. super cool, super chill, just a really nice, good dude. And uh, his first interaction <laughs> with me was like yelling at him in the middle of the, middle of the night in a bunk room. Well, and then like ten years, in like ten years, he'll come to you like, "Hey, that I, I never told you, but that day." Which changed my life. I knew that I needed yeah, right. to get my life right. I knew I needed to shut up and let people go to sleep. I knew I was becoming a problem. No, uh, <laughs> but I've had more of those um, those moments like you're describing, where you really, where God speaks to you in one way or another, and you really have some kind of impactful moment that you remember for years and years. It kind of helps shape your life. I've had more of those at uh, those college age. Yeah, you know. They're not summer camps, but it's basically the same kind of a weekend thing for college-age adults and all. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important, not just for youth or children or whatever. I mean, we're doing, uh, in August, we're doing our men's retreat, you know, where we, it's, it's the same thing. It's, a, it's, the, it's the camp for a, adult men, you know. Um, and it's the exact same thing, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. we, all, we all end up, you know, boohooing and blubbering and, you know, laying out all these things that we can in front of our our families, our wives, our kids, just because that's the way men are hardwired, right? Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I, but, I, I yeah. had, a, I'm sorry, I had um, I had two moments, uh, one in Palacios, Texas, when I was just a, a, a young youth, um, just when I, when I realized that God was real and he wasn't just a, a story in the Bible. You know, man, growing up, I knew God, I was told God was real, you know, 
uh, Jesus died for us, all those things. But it, it really, when you're young, it's just like you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't feel it, one of those type of things. So it's not like reality, like everything is. You're not like your bicycle or your Legos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was in camp that time, it, w- it just came. I felt, I finally felt the reality of who who God was, yeah. you know, and it, and it changed the way I seen and, and heard stories from that point forward. Um, so that really was pivotal in my, uh, in my faith. And then the very, the, the next one that just really comes to mind is I was youth pastor mm. and, uh, my son, I got my son to go, Josh, I got him to go at the very last m- minute and everything was kind of rocky, not really rocking our relationship, but there was some like turmoil. Like I wasn't the best father, um, you know. I could have done things a whole lot better back then when he was younger. So we, you know, we've had we always had a, a relationship, but there was always like he, fe- you know, as now he's at a, a teenager that he feels like I, you know, I let him down in certain areas, and I did. Uh, I wasn't the best. His mom and I both let him down. And there was that moment where we got to come together. And, and, and it started kind of rocky in, in the whole camp because he was already tatted up, you know, as a young a young kid. And he's taking his shirt off and he has tattoos <laughs> all over him. And, and certain people in our own group are freaking out because he's showing tattoos off. Yeah. And it was a pivotal moment that I had to understand what do I do right now? Do I do I discourage him from being him, or do I let the process play out? And um, so I just kind of let the process play out and not correct him on some certain things that maybe if I was wasn't his dad, I would have. Mm-hmm. I don't know, or maybe I wouldn't have. Um, but I'm glad that I didn't because later me and him had a moment and we got to apologize to each other and, and really let him know that how much I loved him and and. I was a kid raising kids and mm-hmm. and really had that moment and that has changed from that point forward had changed our relationship to this day. Yeah. You know, we talk all the time and like he doesn't answer he doesn't like hang up the phone before he tells me he loves me and and back then it wasn't he goes uh, you know would be like all right dad and you know we would hang up the phone up and then just that that time that we had together right then has really changed the uh, the relationship we have with one another. So that was an adult moment with, yeah. with me and, and, you know, a teenage moment with him. Yeah. yeah now I've been having this, uh, I've been having a similar conversation for the last few weeks with parents and, you know, the young adult staff that's going to help. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I was, I was telling them that, you know, between the ages of two, two years old and 13, the, uh, a child's, worldview is developed and and established in that time frame right and whenever they are from 13 to 20 they start that whole time period there they refine what they already believe and then after they're 20 or in their in their mid to late 20s they become they become an evangelist for whatever it is they believe and they're out there you know, telling their worldview to their friends. That's good. And so a lot of uh, all these kids that we're taking, they're already 13 plus. Um, it starts at 13. And they already have a worldview. Yeah. The way that they internalize 
conflicts, they see problems, they respond to them, uh, whether they, you know, well, how do they go about resolving them if they even resolve them at all? And some of these parents who we've been talking to as well, they, you know, they're, they're like, we, of course, you're always a parent. You never stop being a parent, no matter how old your kid ever gets. But one thing that seemingly that it's hard for parents to understand is that the influence, the influence that you really desire to have was important within those foundational years. Mm -hmm. And now they're more apt to listen to their friends and their surroundings or culture because they're already kind of set in their ways. And it takes a supernatural rebirth for them to, to start thinking a different way, to be born again, but, you know, um, to expect to expect all that to happen in, in, in you know, just a small amount of time. And it, 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 well, one, it's God can do whatever he wants. So that's that, right? But, but you know, to, to understand that there's all these patterns that they've developed over all these years and you get them and you put them in an environment now to where you separate them from their comfort zones, you take them away from their security blankets and these mechanisms that they've, used to guard their heart and their mind and you just give them the word of god you give them the space for vulnerability and, and 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 for me there's a lot of emotions and you know what i'm talking about. there's a lot of emotions when it comes to youth camp you're happy you're there you're sad you're there you're hurting that you're there you're not excited to you know because uh, uh, whenever you come back home you go back to the real world we, we like to say and the campfire is always fun to be around with but you understand whenever they get back home, they actually get around their friends. They get around their family again. They get around those toxic environments. Right. And it's, uh, it, it, it's always a sad thing to see. But, but, but one of the things that just captivated me about youth camp, still to this day, is that you are able to see probably the truest, the truest form of self-expression for each individual student while they're there. Like when if they if they actually get involved in the program and what's going on and they you know they just go with a willing heart, you see them smile in a way that they probably haven't smiled in years, laugh in ways that they haven't been able to do that around their families, and and just the kids uh, just enjoy life at that moment, and there's no expectation of anything else other than just being there, being loved, and being known by God, and it's, 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 it's one of those things that keeps me coming back, you know, over and over and over, because I, I see a glimpse of what they could actually be when they're not dealing with depression, anxiety, and all the other problems of the world, and uh, it's powerful, because it does, it, it, it changes the way you walk whenever you come back home. Yeah, and I think that the reason it's that way it's because I think that's the way the maker made us. It, he, he made us to walk in that relationship with him. And you get to do that all week and you get to build on it. You know, Monday night you have a service when you get there and then Tuesday. And, and it normally builds into this big thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and then that, that last night, you know, it's just this big service and you have this big blowout and all these things. And it's because you know that you're doing exactly what God wants you to do and you're walking beside him and and a lot of that 
thing, a lot of the things that separate us from God, which is the sin in our life, is is not there at that moment. Mm-hmm. And you get to walk in that pure relationship with God, as as pure as it gets, right? Um, with God, and then you you get to that peak, and you know, okay, this is it. You know, I'm going back home, and and you know, for us people that's been Christians for a long time, and a lot of a lot of those kids get to go back home to Christian uh, families and, and 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 those type of things, and they're going to get brought to church two or three nights a week or whatever. But some of these kids, they are the only light in their household. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about you know Miranda uh, when she when she would come back and they had these this crazy experiences with God, and then she had to come back to a, a secular household, and it was just one of those things that she really struggled because she had. She was living two different whole lives. She, I mean, she had one that was at home that her dad sometimes encouraged her not to go to church, you know, and then you, you have everybody at, at church encouraging you to do something totally different than what you had at home. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that obey your parents, you know, um, but when your parents are not doing the right thing, it's, it's tough. And, um, and then we've seen many kids, you know, keep on the, the narrow path, and then we see them so, so many fall back to whatever's going on at home. So, but it's that yeah. that pure relationship you get to walk out with uh, with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's crazy. I, you know, I, I have very distinct moments of praying with with kids that are that were not only dealing with like suicide, but they've attempted it. You know, and then they they're just bawling their eyes out because they. They they don't know what it is at the moment, but it's it's God tugging at their heart, and they're like, I don't know what I'm feeling, I don't know what I'm feeling. When God delivers them, and you know, and then now I see them years and years now after they graduate, and they're still here walking this earth. <laughs> you know, they're 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 uh, not perfect by any means, but they've got direction now, and, they, and that those moments were absolutely critical for their lives, and you know, and and I'm sure you still get this as well, but. You know, I got people that have graduated now, and they've been years out of the group, and that still call me, and they're like, "Hey, Pastor, I'm dealing with something. Yep. You know, can you pray with me, or talk to me, or give me some direction, some wisdom, some counsel?" And and that's the stuff that just, you know, it, it, it one, I'm 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 fulfilling the calling on my life by being there, by 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 being the person. And and it just brings such a satisfaction when when I'm doing the will of God for my life, you know. And uh, and and yeah, I mean, summer camp. I, mean, I, I could we could have a whole series of conversations about the most minute details of it. And there are many, there are many many details. But yeah, it's I I just I just enjoy it uh, when they come back as well. Like last year, <laughs> last year we held the church hostage because every single one of the students wanted to give a testimony. We were we were there over an hour after normal scheduled time, and mm-hmm. and the students were just pouring it out, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was it was beautiful to see. Yeah. So how do you deal with um, pranks? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this <laughs> this group this group is so different from the other groups that we've had historically. We don't have a lot of the pranksters. I mean, we have, of course, they're teenagers. They're gonna get wild, you, but. Uh-huh, that's the oh, quiet man. one. The quiet ones are going to be the He's tough. A, that's some of that long term. You know, I only say that because Luke came to me the other day, or yesterday, I think it was. He was just like talking to me about pranks at, at <laughs> camp, camp, and I was just like, 
why are you asking me this? <laughs> no, no, but, but see, like, but, but, you know, I know Luke listens sometimes, but, you know, Luke, Luke is a good boy. You know, he, yeah. he's, he's a sweet, he's a sweet kid. Um, the pranks that I, I don't care about pranks. The pranks I care about are the ones that are not pranks at all. We had one year, we had these, uh, you know, group of kids that, uh, got out there and they started throwing glass bottles into the street oh, it's like, yeah. oh, like that's not doing? a prank anymore yeah, right, it's yeah, like yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like you're breaking the law it's not a prank anymore yeah, for sure <laughs> that know? was that was me in uh kids camp when i would go not throwing the glass bottles i, I realized like, hey. i said that weird. <laughs> no me being the caesar in this story where uh like I'd be all in for pranks, you know. They they put the shaving cream on somebody's hand while they're sleeping, tickle their face, get them to smash the sh- shaving cream around their face, yeah. or something with the toothpaste mm-hmm. or something like that. Like I was all in on that. But then I remember one time, these people, somebody bought, um, like some yellow Gatorade or something like that, and they drank it all, and then they peed in. The oh no, 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 that's not a prank. <laughs> that's what, and they were trying to get this kid to drink it. And this kid was about to drink it. Uh, and I was like, okay, guys, we've gone too far. Like, we're not going <laughs> to... The reason so of a nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was like 10 years old. I was like, guys, you can't let this kid drink your urine. So I stopped it. And it was some random kid from a different church. Yeah. Like, you know, Elam Church got him, got him to drink. Our, I was like... So I, I stopped him before he did it. And they were like, well, you can't yeah. stop the prank. And I was like, guys, you can't let this kid... Like, come on. The bottle's all warm and stuff. Like... So is yeah, it went too far? Was was there a is there a prank out there that kind of you sit back and you go, yeah, that was pretty good. No, <laughs> <laughs> if, if things that started off as a prank that could have ended really good just it went out of hand. And, that's and, exactly what I told Luke. I said, mm-hmm. man, pranks are fun, but they always. Somebody always gets mad mm-hmm. and it interferes with God's trying to do in, in the camp. Yeah. So that's the, that's what I was telling. I, I have a, a good oh, man. I have a good prank story. So we had a friend, uh, Wade, and uh, he was the ultimate prankster. You know, we would plan our pranks uh, weeks ahead of time before camp. Uh-huh. You know, uh, and it was always pranking the girls. You know, so we'd always go prank the oh, girls. Man. We would sneak out. And uh, we would go prank the girls. And we had um, uh, Grant, the Grant family, and they would always bring their dog and they would, like, patrol at night, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those things where not only did you have to sneak out, but you had to sneak around the Grant family. And the dog. And then the dog, because the dog, you know, as soon as he heard something, he's barking. Yeah. And then you had to sneak in the girls' dorm and then do what you got to do. And um, so it was always, yeah, it was, it was one of those things that was, you know, so we, we brought all black clothes, <laughs> you know, water guns, <laughs> the whole, the whole nine, N- nothing like that was going to tear up anything, but you yeah. know, saran wrap, stuff uh-huh. like that, you know, and uh, so we would sneak out. So one time, uh, Wade was just like, we're going to do it on whatever. How old are y'all? We're 14, 15, okay, gotcha. you know, and uh, so he was just like, okay, this night is the night. So. We were like, okay, so we decided that we were going to sneak out the the night before. Well, he was just like, no, nah, I'm going to save everything, you know. So he was kind of the leader of it. So yeah. me and Chris and an- another guy, we, we snuck out. And, you know, Wade's sound asleep, yeah. you know. And he, he, he everybody knows Wade, you yeah. know. He's the guy that they're going to go to if anything goes wrong. Well, we sneak out and uh, we do our thing on the way back. 
the Grant families, they see us, mm-hmm. you know. So we, we like run and we jump in the bed. We're fully clothed, tennis shoes, everything. And so we're like, all in black. we're all laying there. <laughs> and poor Wade in his underwear, a sound, asleep, <laughs> a sound asleep, and they jerk him out of the bed. <laughs> and he's sitting there with boogers in his eyes. I didn't do it out there. He's like, You're lying. <laughs> we know you did it. We've seen you out there. And and Wade's like a foot taller than everybody else. Yeah. You know, so he was always, you knew it was, it was him or not. You uh-huh. know, it was either me, 5'4", or him, but was 6'4". Yeah. You know, <laughs> and they, they pinned it on him. And at Wade, if you're listening... I apologize because I never, fe- never. I've never fessed up to that. So, <laughs> so what happened to him? Did he- I got, I actually think that they made his mom come pick him up. <laughs> you, he didn't get to hear from the Lord because of you guys. Oh, oh man, that wasn't his first time that he had to get picked up early. Oh yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. You know? That's what, actually that- your cousin, right? Wade's your cousin. I oh, it was that way. Yeah, that way. That's. <laughs> Oh, that's you can't confessionals, man. Family rivals. Like yeah, that, that was just one time, man. We were we his were, his mom was out I know, there. His dude. Mom's you, out, she's I know his mom. I'm gonna apologize. So he doesn't. He probably doesn't come to church yeah, because of that. She probably grounded him. And stuff. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, poor Janine. Yeah, she's uh, she's pick, had to pick him up at a few <laughs> a few camps. <laughs> It was always David uh, in all black <laughs> under the covers there. Just now we we've, we've done a lot of stuff together. Me and Wade used to play BB gun wars mm-hmm. in the uh, in the woods and stuff against. Wade would always like stir stuff up with the other kids in the neighborhood, and then we would have like BB gun wars all summer. <laughs> oh man, it, it's funny because I've only known I've only known you as a as a full grown man, right? Uh huh. So whenever you talk Be about careful the way you say full grown. <laughs> 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 a full-grown New Balance wearing man. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and and so whenever you talk, you're talking about these stories. Whenever you're talking about these stories, I just think about you for being bald as a teenager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I have to. I'll, I'll bring some uh, some uh, pictures. Actually, we had a full head of hair, a nice, a nice set of hair. Goatee still? Yeah, uh, no, no goatee, but a nice set of hair and uh, <laughs> and uh, skinny man. I was a, you know, I was one hundred thirty pounds in high school. So, Whew. yep, yep. So, uh, well, that was that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, very, uh, no, it was a long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I I gotta head out in a little bit, but let me let me leave you guys with this. Um, like James was talking about on how he was a, uh, you know, more of a socially awkward guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> r- r- and, and you know, and that's him having good parents and stuff. You know, yeah. parents that are actually involved in his life. And uh, man, it is so weird how these even in these last couple of years that the dynamics of our group has shifted so much. Like, you know, you, you would always have, it's, it's like high school all over again, right? You have the jocks and the geeks and all these other things that nobody wants to be labeled that as, as anymore, but that's what they are, yeah. right? But um, but now we really don't have a group of jocks. We really don't have a group of geeks. They're all geeks, actually, because we're, we're, like a, a, we're, we're like a society of geeks now, which is, Totally fine, you know. Yeah, follow the leader. Make money, rule the world. Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, I'm, a, I'm a, the biggest geek among everybody. But, but um, what's what's interesting is that in the times that y'all y'all can recall youth camps and stuff, there was no 
there was no social media, there was no Snapchat, there was no kids. Kids didn't go with cell phones and stuff. And right. now that just brings a, a whole level of complexity. But like all these kids are, they're all secluded. Even 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 the mo the most or the more social of them, they still live in a digital bubble. Especially yeah. with these last two years of you know coming, or I guess three going on three years now. Um, uh, coming out of that COVID bubble and stuff. So now we're dealing with a whole nother, you know, level of complexity on how to, uh, uh, on how to, um, you know, really minister them to, to them effectively. And, um, and yeah, but you know, it just, it's y'all be praying for us next week. We're really going to be in the thick of it. And, uh, but you know, God can cut through. Yeah. So encourage them right now before you go, encourage the, the, the kids and the leaders and all that, that uh, may or may not be going or they're on the fence why they should be going to summer camp this year. Yeah, well, to parents as well, kids, students, um, whenever you go, go with uh, the understanding that it's only a week, it's only a couple days out of your life, mm -hmm. that uh, you're going to get more whenever you invest yourself in, in what's going on. Be, be present in the moment. Don't just exist in it, but be present in the moment. And, uh, and if it doesn't work out for you, then you already know what to expect whenever you get back. Your same old, same old life. So you really have nothing to lose other than maybe just a couple days out of your life. But uh, whenever you go, go with an open heart. Go with an open mind and uh, participate as much as you can. Open yourself up to talk to people because you never know. That might be, you know, that might be the best friend that you've always wanted. That might be a, a person that actually has you know, that God has given them words to speak over your life that actually will set you free from some stuff that you've been dealing with and that you've been talking to God about for a long time. But it, it takes those interactions. It takes it, it. You know, I like saying that we we need to put uh, we need to put feet to our face. And uh, if we don't do that, then, uh, you know, then we really can't blame God because we, we also have a part to play in uh, in all of that role. Right. God, God is doing what he's doing. But we also have an uh, an opportunity to respond. So whenever you're faced with any of that, just respond. Parents, whenever your kids come back, respond by encouraging them, bringing them to church, uh, maybe picking up the Bible and reading it with them, uh, getting some, you know, infusing your your lives with some more spirituality and the good things of God, and uh, and then yeah, see where we go from there. All right. Well, we'll just leave it right there, and we'll see you next week. And. We love you. We love you. This is the Refuge Project.